At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's On Air. You hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Uh, so much going on in Major League Baseball and in the NBA offseason as we gear up towards free agency, which will begin this weekend and into next week. Uh, the Knicks made another move with the Pistons. I guess they had uh, they didn't have enough of trading with the Pistons on draft night, so they traded you know more pieces to the Knicks. Alec Burks, no, Nerlens Noel, they're just trying to free up cap space, and that's what they were able to do. And the assumption is that they are going to sign Jalen Brunson. And what does that do for the Knicks? Well, probably not much. Uh, but that was the news in the NBA that came down here on uh, Tuesday. But the big news in the sports world really is the Deshaun Watson hearing, which began here on Tuesday and actually did not conclude. It is going to spill over to at least Wednesday. And according to reports, this thing could go for a couple of days. Now, I don't know why it's going to take this long, but what we know right now is that there's two sides. There's Deshaun Watson and his attorney, and there's the NFL, and their side of things. And the independent arbiter, Judge Sue L. Robinson, who's like this now independent uh, disciplinary officer, is hearing both sides and will decide on a punishment. The NFL is recommending an indefinite suspension of at least a season. And when they say that, that means... He's going to get suspended without a return date. And what he'll have to do, you know, a la Josh Gordon, is apply for reinstatement. And then the NFL will rehear his case and decide whether they should reinstate, reinstate him or not. And should they find more evidence of misbehavior, or maybe there's another case that comes out against him, well, then they'll just keep him suspended. So when they say an indefinite suspension of at least a season, it doesn't mean that he's automatically going to be back next year. And it's interesting because 
for, there are some reports out there, and this is what like you know you're hearing being leaked out or whatever, that this whole year suspension, the reason why we're actually hearing about it as football fans is because the NFL wanted Deshaun Watson to hear it. Like, it's it's a pressure move. It's a tactic. Floated out there that he could potentially miss an entire season in the hopes that they could avoid this back and forth, this hearing, and just settle. And maybe Watson just says, all right, you know, I'll accept a punishment or I'll accept this or whatever. But Watson has maintained his innocence. And I'm just not so sure that I believe him. And even if, let's say, he's innocent on some of the allegations against him, I do think there's enough wrongdoing here that does warrant a lengthy suspension from the NFL. When it comes to the public relations aspect of this, the NFL needs to come down hard on Deshaun Watson. Uh, I've mentioned this before, and, and some people have scoffed at it, but I think it is true. The NFL can't look weaker than Major League Baseball. And what I mean by that is that Major League Baseball took a hardline stance against Trevor Bauer and his sexual misconduct allegations. And Trevor Bauer was just dealing with one woman in a case in which he was actually acquitted of any wrongdoing. Yet Trevor Bauer has been suspended for two seasons from Major League Baseball. We're talking about 25 women accusing him of sexual assault, inappropriate behavior during massage sessions, um, and just looking at his behavior overall with the 66 different masseuses and you know, having his own private room in, at the Texas facility and all, there's so much, I don't want to call it weird, there's so much just bizarre behavior here that has to be investigated, has to be looked into. And the fact that not every accuser has settled is a red flag. Because think about it this way. Somebody comes out, accuses Deshaun Watson, files a case. Then more another woman, and then another. And then what happens is the attorney for maybe, you know, the first woman or the second woman or whatever is trying to uh, gain support for their side. They're trying to uncover uh, more evidence. Different, you know, that they want more people to corroborate the story. So they're doing their due diligence and going after other people that had interactions with Deshaun Watson and finding out their stories and then pushing them to get involved in the suits. And that's where more women come in. And then it adds to another case and another case and another case. And some of those women just might be in it for the attorney and just to get, you know, the, the payoff or whatever. 
I'm not saying that, you know, that that's that's the motivation here. I'm just saying 20 of the 24 settled. They got paid off by Deshaun Watson. Okay. Maybe those 20 didn't have as strong of a case as the four that are remaining. That's what I mean by red flag. The fact that there were four women that did not settle tells me that they have the incriminating evidence, that they believe they have enough to take this thing to trial where they will win. And they'll obviously win way more than the, I I believe it's being leaked out there, $100,000, I think, is what Deshaun Watson has paid off so far. It's pretty wild. Um, The attorney, Tony Busby, who was representing all 25 women, and this is what I mean. Tony Busby's going out there and he's trying to get all of them and, and... get as many people to corroborate the same story. Uh, he said in a statement, quote, um, the overwhelming evidence collected indicating that the Houston Texans enabled Watson's behavior is incredibly damning because one of the uh, civil suits actually named the Houston Texans as the defendant. Um, two grand juries in Texas did decline to pursue criminal charges against Watson. So there is that aspect of it. But I do believe the fact that, you know, four of the women did not settle tells me that they think they're going to win. And so Deshaun Watson goes into this hearing with the NFL maintaining his innocence. He doesn't think he should get suspended for an entire season. Meanwhile, the, the Browns are sitting here all along going, well, at least we only give him this guy a million dollars in year one. You know, we, they backloaded the deal, whether that is to save Deshaun Watson some money or to save themselves. Because maybe they knew all along that this is what was coming down. That they felt we're going to protect ourselves by giving him only a million dollars in year one because he's not going to play in year one. And I don't know the exact details of the contract, if it tolls, meaning like um, if he gets suspended for this whole year, he doesn't get paid his million dollars. When he comes back next year, does he start over at year one of his contract so that it's still only a million dollars? And then obviously it builds up year after year after year. But at that point, I mean, what are you getting out of Deshaun Watson? Two years removed from football. Now he's still young, right? He's not even 30 yet. And perhaps two years off preserves him, right? Less wear and tear in his body. And so in a couple, after next year, maybe you are getting the best version of Deshaun Watson who hasn't played in two seasons. This whole situation is extremely baffling. And I think we're all just waiting on a little decisiveness like, we just want the decision already. Just come out and suspend them and just tell us how long it's going to be. And frankly, it's probably just going to be a whole year. So just tell us that. But then the question is, what do the Browns do at quarterback? And are they 
waiting until they get the decision to go out and make a move. And what move is that going to be? Is it going to be going into the season with Jacoby Brissett? Is it going to be reconciliation with Baker Mayfield? I mean, Baker was pretty vocal on Tuesday uh, at a football camp saying, you know, I think both sides have pretty much are on, on understand that we're moving on from each other. But if you're the Browns and you want to make the playoffs this season, what else are you going to do? I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zyn.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zin nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. So we have the Sean Watson news uh, just kind of hovering around, waiting to see what happens when the hearing resumes on Wednesday. How about Terry McLaurin? getting a $28 million signing bonus from the Commanders. That is the highest signing bonus for a wide receiver ever. Like, think about it. There was a time in the NFL where it was quarterbacks, and quarterbacks are always going to be, um, uh, quarterbacks are always going to be the top paid guys, right? We know that the most important, um, most important uh, players, right? But after that, it was the left tackles, and then it was you know the edge rushers. 
But we've been kind of seeing lately um, receivers and defensive backs kind of getting involved in the, 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 the money contracts. Like, these are the players that are getting money. Like, just looking at this season. All right, so you do have, in 2022, just the signing bonuses in 2022. Obviously, you got your quarterbacks. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt gets a big one. Khalil Mack, right? The, the Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle. So, okay. But Jair Alexander, cornerback, $30 million signing bonus. Terry McLaurin, $28 million signing bonus. DeAndre Hopkins, 27.5. Tyreek Hill, 25.5. J.C. Jackson, the cornerback for the Chargers, $25 million. It's like all of a sudden, you know, the wide receiver and the cornerbacks are the ones that are getting paid. And the NFL's been making this transition for a while now, right? It's been a, it's a passing league. We know that. And like it's been with quarterbacks where it's supply and demand. And if you don't have one, you got to pay for one. And if it's not who you are, it's when you are. It almost feels like it's coming that way for the other positions as well. You know, wide receiver, like Terry, Terry McLaurin. He's a nice wide receiver. You know, de- decent Decent wide receiver one on a, yeah, I just, he ain't DeAndre Hopkins. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Devontae Adams. I don't know where I would rank him. I mean, is he, is he outside, is he top 10? I mean, like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like Debo, I'd have all these guys, I'd have all of them ahead of Terry McLaurin. Yet, Terry McLaurin gets $28 million signing bonus, highest ever for a wide receiver. That's interesting. And he better show out. He's got a new quarterback now in Carson Wentz that certainly can deliver him the football. And the commanders are... Um, you know, and eh, all right, okay, team. Probably going to finish third in that division. Maybe can contend with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Eagles are the class of the division this year. I think the Cowboys take a step back. I think the Giants are going to be improved. And then I think Washington is Washington. You know, they'll be kind of in the mix, but probably not that great. So, does McLaurin live up to the hype? Doesn't matter. Gotta get paid. You get paid in the NFL. It's just how it is. Uh, we're, there's a lot of NFL um, previewing that gets done uh, as we progress throughout the summer. Obviously, there are some shows here on the network are beginning to look at a team-by-team breakdown as we head through the offseason and eventually get ready for training camp. And, you know, you could look at the odds, and certainly there are teams out there that might intrigue you in the futures market to win the division. I think right now the focus has to be, uh, if you're going to look anywhere, it, it really is the uncertainty with the Cleveland Browns. 
once this Deshaun Watson thing gets settled, uh, that picture becomes a little clearer. And something that we briefly mentioned last night was this idea of a potential buyback on the Cleveland Browns. And what I mean by that is prior to this season or any of the Deshaun stuff uh, coming down, the, the win total on the Browns was, you know, I, what was it, like, um, I guess, eight and a half, nine? As we look up on the screen, as you see, you know, the Browns last year won eight games. They were, I guess, preseason total might have been around eight and a half, nine. Uh, and, and to win the division, certainly they were a favorite. Now, they're, right now, they are the third favorite to win the division behind both the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. My question is, once the Deshaun Watson suspension gets announced, and we all agree he's going to get suspended. So let's just say he's out for the entire season. The, the, the books will then repost Brown's bets once it's known that they're going to be without Deshaun Watson. And we know that he's going to miss the entire season. At that point, how low does the number on the Browns have to be in order for you to want to actually bet on them? You know, in, in, in looking at this team, they clearly have the talent around the quarterback position. And we, we know that. I don't think anybody ever questioned that, right? You know, you have a two-headed monster at running back with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They signed Amari Cooper to be their number one wide receiver. You got a couple other, you know, okay wide receivers as well. Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell and David Njoku at tight end. Uh, on defense, Miles Garrett is a defensive player of the year candidate every single season, right? I mean, Denzel Ward and and Newsom and and I just think that um, you know, there's so much talent on this team. Clowney, like, there's a lot of talent here. So let's just say. A, a win total gets posted of seven and a half. Is that a number you'd buy in on? And I think the speculation has to be, will they upgrade the quarterback position? And who is that quarterback going to be? Because taking a look at the salary cap, for the Cleveland Browns, they have about $24 million in cap space. And they could free up more money should they trade Baker Mayfield. And I'm wondering if it comes down to it, and we kind of floated this idea last night, would the Browns, for just 
this season, just this one season, without Deshaun Watson, perhaps bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo. Go ahead, And if that's the case, wouldn't you take over the Browns' win total? I mean, I think 100% you would. It becomes very interesting to see what the Browns decide to do at the quarterback position because I don't think they want to go into the season with Jacoby Brissett as their starter. But first things first, we have to find out what, in fact, the Deshaun Watson suspension is going to be before the books re-released any numbers and odds on the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk to our very own Amal Shah coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Joining us now is our very own co-host of Odds On, Amal Shah, joining me here on The Look Ahead. And Amal, just got done talking about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Deshaun Watson, his hearing is going to spill into Wednesday at least. I think we all assume that there's going to be a lengthy suspension. Likely a full season is what the NFL recommended. If you had to bet on it right now, do the Browns start Jacoby Brissett at week one, assuming Watson's out, or do they improve at the quarterback position? I don't know if they're going to be able to improve. Um, you know, I actually am a fan of Jacoby Brissett. He's not a guy that you want for 17 games. I think he's a good situational guy for two to four games a season. If you've got an injury for a quarterback who's out for a short duration, uh, doesn't generally turn the ball over. I, I think his problem is he doesn't, he, he's waiting like a college quarterback for the window to come open. Um, but it's interesting for the Browns when you look at the talent that they have on the roster and they add in Watson. You know, they're built to potentially win a Super Bowl immediately. But without him in the mix, it changes the dynamic here. I don't know who they would go get. And so I think when you look at it from a Brown standpoint, uh, I think you're going to see that uh, Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter week one. You know, Scott, the one thing is that the Browns have Jacoby Brissett and they don't have a good season. Then you get Deshaun back next year. You wind up with a better draft pick and you can only improve upon when you look at the talent that this team has already. Yeah, but then you waste an entire season of Nick Chubb. You waste an entire season of Miles Garrett. You waste a season of Amari Cooper, who you just brought in. I just feel like them tanking or whatever, being bad and getting a high draft pick is just a waste of all these guys a year of their careers that are lost. I think they're better off. I mean, I, I floated it out there, Amal. I mean, what if they go out and, and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo for one season? Well, you're not going to win anything with Jimmy Garoppolo, so what's the difference? You're just going to get a worse draft pick. <laughs> I mean, no, that's the reality. I think Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. I think he's the most overrated starter in the league. He, he's a guy, to me, that's just good enough to get you to the postseason. 
but he can't win you games. You know, think about that game in Green Bay last year. They won in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the San Francisco defense and special teams that won that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many other quarterbacks in the Super Bowl are missing um, Emmanuel Sanders that open to win a championship. I, I think he's just another guy. And when, when I look at Jimmy G, he's paid like he's somebody great. You, you know, part of the credit he gets is because New England drafted him. But here's the reality that nobody calls out. Look at Bill Belichick's draft, draft track record for the last dozen years. Who's he drafted that's been really good? And, and I think the fact that Garoppolo's a guy that's paid like a, a star quarterback, or at least it used to be, I, I don't think he makes enough of a difference. And then I would have to look at it from a cap standpoint where the Browns are. I, I think if you have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, you can get to the playoffs. You're not beating the Chargers, Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I think, Jimmy, you know, you could point to the fact that Bill did not want to let him go. And that's where people are like, ah, oh, well, Belichick obviously wanted this guy. Uh, so, you know, he, he saw the promise in him and there was the whole, you know, Robert Kraft overruling him and wanting to stick with Brady and that whole drama. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe they get to the playoffs if they do bring in Jimmy G and, and I guess they would have a tough time against those top tier teams, but they, the point I'm trying to make is they have, and you mentioned it, they have a talented roster that I think would just be a waste if they had this, if they had Jacoby Brissett starting the, this entire season for them. You're, you're correct, absolutely, in how you're defining it. You're 100% right. You don't want to waste seasons of, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, you're paying Denzel Ward $20 million a year, Miles Garrett, all these guys get a year older, Nick Chubb, there's more wear and tear on the tires. But to me, the, the one thing in sports where I think this is the best and worst thing about sports is there's a very defined way of looking at success or failure, in my opinion. You're either one of 32 or you're 31 of 32. And I think the Browns with Jimmy Garoppolo are 31 of 32, meaning 31 teams fail. You know, the mm-hmm. Bengals, everyone's like, oh, they had a great season. Well, yeah, okay. If you believe getting to the Super Bowl losing is a great season, I'm not criticizing people for that. I'm just saying I don't look at it the same way. Sports is great. It's better than almost any other profession because it defines winning or losing. And most other things, like in what you and I do, you know, if you're a better, you're going to have a situation where if you won tonight, it's a good night. If you lost, it's a bad night. But if you're a broadcaster, it's good if you, you know, you say, well, you had a good show. Well, you know, if you have a great show, it doesn't mean you won a Super Bowl. If you have a bad show, you didn't lose a Super Bowl. And so for me, it, it's really easy to kind of calculate and compute how I look at a team and their success. And I believe kind of like if you're not going to be winning a Super Bowl, then put yourself in a position to improve your team as much as you can for the next year. Let's say we find out that Sean Watson is out for the entire season. The markets, the, the books will then reopen the markets on the Browns' win totals. What number would you have to see to possibly be enticed to actually bet an over on the Cleveland Browns, given, as we mentioned, the talent that they have on the roster? Probably uh, eight uh, or seven and a half uh, to an eight, because I still think when you look at the division, Pittsburgh is going to take a huge step back. They have the worst quarterback situation in the league, regardless of Jacoby, I mean, in the division, regardless of Jacoby Brissett's the starter or not. Um, I would rather have Brissett than a rookie Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, in my opinion. And you look at the talent uh, the rest of that team has run the football, play defense. I think Stefanski is an intelligent coach who will play to their strengths. And, you know, they're still good enough to win games because if they're not able to win that many games, 
then you're trying to tell me Deshaun Watson's going to be the difference in six or seven games. I get quarterbacks make a huge difference, mm-hmm. but they're, it, to be able to carry that much of a weight on your shoulders would be really asking a lot of a player. I agree with you. I think if a book hangs a seven and a half on the board for the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, with the Deshaun Watson suspension announcement, then I might be on an over. Because you know, this was an eight-win team last year with Baker Mayfield. And you could argue, you know, yeah. the talent around them is better. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Baker, does he start for a team week one of the season? I don't think so. Um, you know, it's interesting to keep talking about Seattle, and I don't understand. Like, to me, if I'm Seattle, my goal right now in 2023 is to be the number one or number two team drafting. I'm either taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I, I'm, I'm going to go grab my fan, franchise quarterback. Now, if they don't pan out, they don't pan out. But put yourself in a position to go get somebody that you believe, at least at this point in time, is going to change the fortunes of your organization. And we've seen it. Look at Josh Allen and the improvement we ha- they had last year. I mean, who would have thought the Buffalo defense would make an egregious error in terms of how they managed the late-game situation against Kansas City? Uh, so, for me, I-, I don't understand why John Schneider and uh, Pete Carroll would want to bring in a Baker Mayfield. So, okay, instead of going 4-13, and 13, you end up going 6-11. and 11. What does that get you? You pick number 9 instead of number 3? I, I don't see where the benefit is for Seattle. You're going to have, you're going to sell tickets. You're not going to win in that division. You're still the fourth best team in that division. Um, so I, I just don't get why Seattle would be interested in Baker unless they really believe that he could be the number one guy. I just don't see it. I think his size is a factor. You see it with the Munchkin in Arizona as well. And I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. But the reality of it is, it's a challenge when you're at that height. These guys on the offensive line and defensive lines are monsters. They can't mm-hmm. feel over. That's a tremendous point. Uh, while I have you, let me get your thoughts on Wimbledon. Uh, we'll start on the men's side. Is there, can I, is there any interest in betting anybody besides Djokovic to win this tournament? Um, you know, I would make the argument potentially for Berrettini or Rafa. Those are the only other two guys to Rafa because the odds were about 7-1, to 6.5-1 to one before it started. Uh, but here's the problem for Berrettini. He's got to play on the semi side with Rafa and then Novak 48 hours later. He is not beating both of those guys, in my opinion, to be able to win it all. If somebody were to take out Novak for him, then I think he could win it all. But it kind of reminds me of when uh, Federer won uh, the French Open. Robin Soderling was the one who did the dirty work by taking out uh, Rafael Nadal. Or otherwise, Roger never wins at the French Open. And I feel like it's the same thing for Berrettini. Rafa, including the win today, I think it's now 31-3 and on the year. He had a fractured rib at Indian Wells when he played Taylor Fritz. I, I think he's good enough. He's just got to be more consistent, but you're starting to see age become a little bit of a factor with him. I think he's 36 or 37, and it's starting to catch up with him a little bit. And on the women's side, anybody besides Fiatek? I think Simona Halep's dangerous. She's about anywhere between 15 to 18 to 1. Remember, she won this in 2019, really played one of the greatest matches of all time where she dominated Serena uh, in straight sets. She's capable. She's a great competitor. Uh, Bianca Andreescu's got the talent to take out uh, Fiatek. Uh, but the problem right now is post-pandemic, a lot of the players that were once good, that were really consistent, have really gone off the boil. Petra Kvitova is a two-time champion at the All-England Club, but she's not consistent enough. I know she just won at Eastbourne. I just don't think she's going to be able to put together seven consecutive matches uh, to take out someone the way she had to explain. Look, taking nothing away from Iga, she's been tremendous, uh, but I still feel like the, the field has watered down. That's why I was so mad that Ash Barty retired, because to me, if Ash Barty's playing... She defends her title and wins this yeah, no problem. I agree with you there. Amal, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much. There he is, Amal Shah. Catch him hosting Odds On here on the network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This 
is the look ahead here on VSIN. This is the look ahead. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. I think it's crazy how we have such heavy favorites. In tennis, um, on the men's side, Novak Djokovic is a minus 165 favorite to win this tournament. Rafael Nadal is next at plus 450. And then the next one is Carlos Alcaraz, who is at 14 to 1, same as uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas. And on the women's side, Iga Sviatek is at plus 140. Uh, the next highest favorite is plus 550. And then you have like Simona Halp and Petra Kvitova at 12 to 1. Uh, as Corey Goff as well, 12 to 1. So pretty interesting that we have just some massive heavy favorites in uh, these tournaments. I always said that, and uh, one note from Wimbledon, uh, Serena Williams did lose uh, her first round match to Harmony Tan. It was her first competitive singles match in just about a, a year, 364 days. And uh, she lost 7-5-1-6-7-6. Took over three hours, a 10-point third set tiebreak. Uh, she said, quote, today I gave it all I could do, you know. Uh, maybe tomorrow I could have gave more. Maybe a week ago I could have gave more. But today was all I could do. At some point, you have to be able to be okay with that. And that's all I can do. I can't change time or anything. So that's all I could do on this particular day, end quote. Uh, you know, kudos to Serena going out there and battling. You know, she's 40 years old now and, um, you know, coming off some time off. And, you know, it's it's it would have been a lot for her to come in and uh, and and really, you know, go deep in this tournament. I think it would have been an incredible story if she did that, but um, unable to to get past really the first round. There it is. Uh, I always said that tennis and golf are very similar. And maybe this has changed over the years in golf, but you know, in in sports in general, as a as a broader fan base uh, in all sports, people tend to root for the underdogs, right? 
Like you want to see a long shot win. Uh, it, it, you know, in basketball, it's like, oh, well, if a, a team rises up and can beat one of the top teams, it's a great story. You know, in, in any sport, a wild card team in the NFL goes to the Super Bowl. It's a tremendous story. You know, college basketball, of course, we all want the Cinderella to go far. St. Peter's is the biggest story of the tournament, right? Captivating the sports world. Golf and tennis are like quite the opposite, where you root for the favorites. Because if the favorites don't win, no one cares. You know, when Tiger Woods was doing his thing, everyone wanted to see Tiger win. You didn't want to see, you know, a ran- some random other golfer win a tournament. You wanted to see Tiger win. In tennis, you want the favorites to win. You want it to be Djokovic and Nadal in the final. You don't want to see, you know, Novak Djokovic against, uh, no disrespect, but Ugo Umbert in the final. No one cares about Humbert. No one cares about, you know, with all due respect, I know he's like, you know, top ranked. He's like top 10 or 12th in the world or whatever. But, you know, if Diego Schwartzman's in the final, I don't think anybody cares. You want Djokovic. Nadal. On the women's side, you, you know, you want Sviatek. You want the best to be playing. I think it's interesting when you compare tennis to kind of the, uh, the other sports and just how, you know, the general public views uh, looking at these players and betting on these players. You know, I don't see a lot of people betting on the, uh, the, the long shot underdogs and rooting for them over, you know, Rafael Nadal or or, uh, or Novak Djokovic. I see people just trying to get the best number they can on one of those top-tier players. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, there was an interesting story that came out of Major League Baseball with Freddie Freeman, who fired his agents. Um, most, notice, no, most notably Casey Close, who uh, was the lead agent for Freddie Freeman. He, um, Freddie Freeman, I think people kind of really all just generally accepted that he wanted to stay in Atlanta. I don't think Freddie Freeman ever wanted to leave the Braves. And his agents kind of I guess, overplayed his hand to the point where the Braves were like, well, we're just not going to pay you that much money. <laughs> and we can go out and replace you with uh, Matt Olson. And Freddie Freeman took big contract from the Dodgers. His agents got him a big-time deal with the Dodgers. Um, Freeman told MLB.com, Quote, last weekend in Atlanta was a very emotional time for me and my family. I am working through some issues with my longtime agents at Excel. My representation remains a fluid situation, and I will update if needed. Last week was when he returned to Atlanta for the first time. Dodgers paid the, uh, played the Braves. The Braves uh, reportedly made him a $135 million five-year deal that was on the table as of the lockout. And 
you know, the Braves report, uh, reportedly bumped their offer up uh, to maybe $140 million, but not good enough for Casey Close and, and Freddie Freeman's representation. Uh, Matt Olson signs a eight-year, $168 million deal, and then Freddie Freeman gets six years and 162 with the Dodgers, um, and he gets deferred money in that deal, that it could actually be worth less than the Braves offer when you consider California state taxes. I'd fire my agent too. Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers losing uh, their second straight to the Rockies here on Tuesday. They lose 7-4 to four in a game that Clayton Kershaw gave them absolutely no chance to compete in. Kershaw went into this game with a 5-1 record and a 2 ERA. And Kershaw allows one run in the first inning, three runs in the second inning, one run in the third inning, one run in the fourth inning, and one run in the sixth inning. Uh, oh, no, I guess he wasn't. that wasn't his run in the sixth inning. Anyway, uh, Kershaw gets tagged for six runs on nine hits in just four innings of work. He walked four batters. He gave up two home runs as the Dodgers lose seven to four. You know, they jumped out. Dodgers jumped out to a lead. one nothing, Top of the first inning. By the way, Dodgers' first five was uh, my play of the day. It wound up being a loser, obviously. But uh, the Dodgers opened up the game. Freddie Freeman singles. Justin Turner then um, drives in Freddie Freeman, but gets thrown out at second trying to stretch a double. This is after Freddie Freeman stole second base. So right then and there, I, I just had like a bad feeling. It was a bad omen, right? Uh, and then they only score one run in the inning. And then Clayton Kershaw, it goes walk, single, fielder's choice, ground out, which scores a run, then a walk. So it's 1-1. All right. Dodgers get a solo home run in the top of the second. They're back up 2-1. to one. And then Kershaw. Just listen, look at, listen to this inning. Home run. Single, walk, strike out, single, fly out, walk, single. Gives up three runs in the inning. Dodgers had a 2-1 lead. Now they're down 4-2. And that was it. That was all she wrote. So uh, Kershaw with by far his worst start of the season. And the Dodgers now uh, dropping the first two games of this set to the Rockies. They've lost two straight. They've lost three of their last four games. And frankly, you know, should have lost again if Clayton Kirsch, you know I mean, uh, Kimbrell had a bad start here. But uh, they will look to avoid the sweep here on Wednesday in Colorado. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.